there's still a lot going on in the spirit right now. And so I, I hope you guys will uh, continue to keep your hearts uh, open, your ears uh, unto the Lord, because he is uh, still moving. Amen. I'm going to change microphones. Test. Can you hear me? Amen. How many enjoyed the Lord there? Amen. You guys, good to see you. All right. Amen. Praise God. Hmm. Feeling something from the Lord inside. Anybody sensing that? Just stare by, close their eyes, and see if there's something else the Lord's wanting to declare or say. If you sense a prophetic word or a tongue or an interpretation of tongue, feel free. Um, let's just be quiet before the Lord. We want to continue to honor him and not go with our agenda. You know, the Lord has an agenda this morning. He has something he wants to accomplish in and through us. I do feel an exhortation in my spirit right now from the Lord. And I feel like the Lord is saying to the body of Christ, wake up, wake up. There is an urgency to the hour in which you live. It is no longer business as usual. In the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking and they were going through life as normal. But the Lord says, I want to capture your attention today, my church. My church, wake up, wake up. It's not business as usual. For that we are in an hour where God needs his people to rise up and truly take their stand in righteousness and justice. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today that you would awaken our ears to hear your voice. Father, we come against hardness of heart we come against the distractions of this world that steal the word of God from our hearts. And Father, I pray that you would bring a seriousness to our hearts of the hour in which we live, that you <laughs> are going to do a work in your bride. 
And the work in your bride is going to produce a, a harvest and it's going to produce a revival that's going to change this nation. Now, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would release a spirit of repentance and godly sorrow over the body of Christ. Because judgment, Lord, we realize begins in the house of God first. And Father, we have wandered from your ways. We have, God, we have missed the mark. But Lord, I pray right now that you would bring a heaviness to our hearts of the hour in which we live. Does that bear witness with anybody? Is the Lord waking you up? Is he trying to stir your heart? Is, is your heart getting more serious about the Lord in this hour? Are you changing the way you live? Are you changing the way you spend your time to redirect it to the Lord of glory? Father, in the name of Jesus, do a work in our hearts today. Do a work in our hearts in Jesus' name. Bring conviction, bring godly sorrow, and bring a spirit of repentance. For I'm reminded of 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Lord, I thank you that you're going to heal the land of America. Because your people are going to humble themselves and pray and seek your face. Even today, God, at 3 o'clock, we're praying for the city of Newcastle at the courthouse. I pray, God, as we pray and lift up this city and this state and this nation, God, I thank you that you're turning the course of America. But Lord, first, turn the course of our hearts this morning. Just ask him to turn your heart. Mm. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Does that bear witness with anyone? We're really in a serious hour. You guys realize that? We're in a sobering time. And it's not just because uh, the, the United States is redefining marriage, but wickedness prevails and, uh, and uh, the church has fallen asleep. And uh, the church has gone on business as usual, but the Lord is wanting to awaken his sleeping bride. And you're part of that sleeping bride. And I'm being awakened myself. And the Lord's putting change in my heart, own heart. And um, last week as we were uh, sharing in the word, we've been talking about how the Lord is wanting us to bring every thought into captivity and the obedience of Christ. And... Uh, Yesterday afternoon, God began to change what I was going to share today, and uh, he began to uh, work on my heart, and I kind of had a rough week myself. Thursday was a rough day in uh, the Haler household, and uh, I didn't bring every thought into captivity myself, and as you preach a word, you got to preach, uh, you got you to gotta walk what you're preaching, amen? Can I, can I amen, amen on that? And uh, Eric, Eric fell, and... Uh, I know I didn't go do some weird stuff, but I got angry and I said some things from my mouth that are not uh, true and not 
me, and uh, I didn't bring every thought into captivity. Anybody ever done that? Yep, yep. Anger is not uh, a righteous uh, thing, is it? And uh, so today what we're going to do, we're going to do something a little differently, but I am going to go back to a scripture that is not on my PowerPoint, and uh, I'm going to remind us of some things about what the Lord's doing. Uh, Mike even asked earlier, did anybody have a rough week? Did anybody ever, did anybody have some, a rough week? Any things go on in your life this week that uh, you can actually say, yep, uh, I probably didn't pass that test. Anybody here? Come on, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, probably that was a, a, an assault of the enemy. And, uh, you know, sometimes the thoughts that we have in our mind really are not our thoughts. Sometimes they come from outside. And, and I was just sharing with a few people just earlier. I said, um, you know, there's a rut on each side of the road. And earlier, I think in the 70s and 80s, there was a move where Satan was behind every corner and Satan was blamed for everything. And we would rebuke a tree. In the name of Jesus, Satan, come out of that tree or whatever through the charismatic movement. And, uh, and Satan was blamed for everything. And how many know that sometimes Satan's not involved at all? It's just you. <laughs> and it's your own thoughts and it's your own stupidity. Do I have a witness? But then there's the other side of the camp where, you know, many people don't even believe there is an adversary. And that we don't even have to worry about him. And, uh, and I think the Lord's trying to bring balance to the body of Christ where we really are in a war. And the war is going on right now every day. Every day you get up, every, time, every, every night you're sleeping, there is a war that's going on. And it's their spiritual darkness, and and enemy is is working, and and he's working against you. He is a, he is a roaring lion, lion, seeking to whom he may devour. I don't want to glorify him; he's a jerk, and the only power he has is if I believe a lie, and if I believe a lie, he has all kinds of authority against me, and that lie is what then gives him the power and the authority to wreak havoc in my mind. And so if you flunked this week, like I did, if you didn't bring every thought into captivity, it's because you weren't thinking like Jesus thinks, and the enemy was able to get you to think like he thinks. And so this process of renewing our mind and bringing every thought into captivity, we're in a, we're in a battle. And I'm going to read again from uh, Ephesians 6. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That is what you're warring against. So when I flunked on Thursday, the war was not between me and whoever or a person, but I was being taunted, I was being tempted by the evil one to react in a way that wasn't me. <clears throat> Are you guys with me? I got angry and I said some things that were not right. And I've had to apologize to one of my children for that, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. 
I'm not going to throw them under the bus. I'm going to throw me under the bus. And so in the process of renewing my mind, in the process of this whole journey from Thursday night till today, I've been saying, God, show me in my heart. Show me what was going on and show me what, what, help me to identify what is going on in me. And so I went to my wife and I said, man, we were sitting down in the basement as I was studying yesterday. I said, come here, babe. And I said, what are you sensing that was going on in me? What, what do you feel? Because I was so into it. I was so in the moment that I couldn't see straight. Everybody ever been there? Yeah. Kind of looked like this. <laughs> and so I had to pull from other godly people in my life. I had to say, babe, what are you seeing? What, what, what do you think is going on? Anybody ever do that kind of stuff? Got to have good people around you. Sometimes you can't see the trees for the forest. And so we are in a battle. I'm not going to go deeply into that right now. I, I am going to later on what the Lord was beginning to show me and what, what was going on in my own heart. But the Lord really told me yesterday afternoon, he said, Eric, because I was going to preach another message this morning. I was going to go in a, not in a whole different direction. It's still in the area of renewing our minds. But go ahead and show that passage, if you will, Adam. I do have the PowerPoint thing, excuse me. This was the scripture we went over last week. And I was going to go in a different direction, but the Lord stopped me and said, No, Eric, people are still trying to figure out and identify what's going on in their own heart, in their own mind of what God's wanting to bring renewal to them, okay? And so I want to just reread this scripture from last week. And then I, I'm going to have three other people come up and share because there were three people that the Lord put in my life this week where this battle of the mind and what the enemy was trying to tell them and convince them of and them walking through that and getting some victory and getting some revelation from the word of God, they're going to preach the message that I preached last week all over again. Are you guys okay with that? And they're going to share with you some of the struggles they went through in this whole journey of taking our thoughts captive and bringing them into obedience to Christ and what God showed them, okay? And so I just want to remind us of what we talked about last week and then what I'm going to do, I'm going to let a couple other people come up here and just share because I think it's profound. You need to know that we're all in this battle and that everybody else is being attacked right here as well in our minds and we really do need to take this scripture of that we take every thought to captivity and make, make the thought Make it obedient to Christ. Now, here's what happened to me. My thought that I had on Thursday, I did not bring that thought into obedience to Christ. I had the thought, and it came out of my mouth, which is my mouth gate. Remember, we talked about the ear gate, the eye gate, and the mouth gate, and it came out of my mouth gate in about 1.25 milliseconds. Anybody ever go to zero to 100 just like that? Well, I went there quicker. And I thought anger was better taken care of inside of my heart. But we'll go there. Okay. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are, have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish these strongholds and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. And so the next thing, this, this is just the overview of last week. That's right, I'm supposed to turn it on, aren't I, Adam? It is on now. 
If you'll advance that for me, we will be in good shape. Thank you. Technically challenged. Last week's four points were this. We need to identify where you're in darkness in your thinking. Anybody work on that this week? Hopefully you did some homework. Don't believe everything you think. You are probably wrong. (laughs) You are probably wrong, Eric. Absolutely, Thursday, you were probably wrong. Guard your mind from garbage. Protect your three gates, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, and be a lifelong learner. Renew your thinking with the washing of the word. Do something about your stinking thinking. (laughs) I added that from last week, okay? And so what we're going to do is today is... What the Lord showed me is people are having a hard time identifying where they're in darkness. And once you find out where you're in darkness, that's really what took place with me on Thursday. It was like, wow, I see the darkness, but I don't know what it is. Anybody ever been there? So you know there's an area where there's darkness in your thinking. You're not thinking right. But you can't really identify what is it, was I, deal, was I dealing with pride? Was I dealing with fear? Was I dealing with um, what other issue was I actually dealing with? Because I, I had to bring a, a definition to what was going on in my thinking in order that I could go to the word and renew my mind so that I might get freedom. Does that make sense? And so Thursday, I was struggling with, Karen, do you think it's pride? Do you think it's fear? Do you think it's control? What do you think is going on there? As I was trying to bring definition to where I was in darkness, because I don't know about you, I don't like being in darkness. I don't like acting like I acted on Thursday. Because that is not who I am. Can I have an amen on that? And so I was in this process of prayer and getting in the word and saying, God, show me, show me what was going on. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring a couple people up. We're going to let them share with you their journey they went through this week. And they got some victory. They got some revelation from the Lord. And so I'm going to start with Ashley Shook. Ashley, if you guys would welcome Ashley Shook to the floor. Good morning. Okay. Um, I, a couple weeks ago when Brian spoke, um, he talked about taking our mind captive and he had us all come forward and drop a piece of paper that we had written, um, this place of darkness that we had identified in ourselves in the trash can. Um, but had warned us, you know, not just to drop it in the trash can, that we needed to do something about that. We needed to you know, pray about that. We needed to actually let that go. Um, And so over that next week, I had kind of prayed about, there was actually like three different things that I had put on my piece of paper and dropped in there that I had identified that um, I maybe hadn't given God control of those things in my life. Um, And one of them was um, like a mistrust of my finances that, um, God wasn't going to provide, I guess. Um, there was just this fear that there wasn't going to be enough. Um, and then another one of those things was control. Um, I wanted to fix everything myself. I didn't think that I needed God to take care of my finances. I thought that I could do it on my own. Um, so that was step one from Eric's message last week. Identify where you're walking in darkness. Um, 
And through that, as I began to pray over that, um, God showed me the verse that Mike actually used this morning, Matthew 6, 25, 26, and 27, where it says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And so I was just really convicted that all this time, I spent all these hours worrying about finances and where things were going to come from and how I was going to be able to put food on the table or how I was going to be able to pay the rent. Or, But by doing so, I wasn't living. I wasn't adding anything to my life. I wasn't being an example to my children, and I wasn't being a testimony to anybody else that I was encountering. So I moved on to number two, don't believe everything you think. You're probably wrong. Satan is the father of lies. He wants to keep us in that darkness. Um, he doesn't want us to gain that freedom that Christ is offering to us. And the only way to walk out of that darkness is to renounce the lie that we're believing um, and to focus on God's truth concerning that. Um, so as I was reading through the scriptures, as I was trying to determine what God's truth was um, to combat the lie about finances, um, he showed me Philippians 4.19, um, which says... That, um, oh, I can't see in my glasses, apparently. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. It's not even our need to be met. God has already met all of our needs. We just have to trust that he is going to do that, that he is going to continue to do that. He has already done that. Um. And then number three, guard your mind from garbage. Um, and we talked about how the mind, um, that there was three gates to the mind, the eyes, the ears, and the mouth. Um, so, like, as I prayed about this and asked God, like, where, where my gates were open, I guess, so to speak, um, he just showed me, like, spiritual things that we allow into our home, not even so much the television or the radio um, because I had, for the most part, already, like, took those things captive. I only listened to Caleb in our home, and um, we don't have television. We have Netflix, but we don't have television. We don't watch a lot of TV. But the thing that he showed me was that there was spiritual evils. There was a spirit of fear that I had allowed to fester within my home. There was a spirit of oppression that I had allowed to fester in my home. And by those things being present, they were essentially garbage to my mind that I had to take those things into captivity in Jesus name so I prayed I asked I said you know father what do you want me to do the fourth step was do something about it be a learner renew your mind um, through the word um, and so and that's where I had kind of like sent Eric a text I um, this is what the Lord told me during that prayer time as I prayed over the financial blackness he told me um, that he had reminded me of all the times in the past he had already provided I could tell you story upon story upon story where I was down to nothing and God provided in the most 
unusual ways for me and the girls. He reminded me that every turn there's been provision. Never has a need gone unmet. He continued to show me in these instances that he provided. He then pointed me to the verse, um, Matthew 5, 13, um, which says that um, we are salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Um, and I was really convicted of that because if I was walking in this doubt after all these times that God had already provided, if I wasn't believing after I had already seen his miracles, then how could I be salt to my kids? How could I be salt to the people that I encountered every day? How could I be salt to the people who saw me struggling and yet didn't see me turn to God first? When we act out of a place of fear, our actions come from that fear. We lash out. But when we are acting or when we're walking in faith, the actions that come forth are dripping with his mercy and his grace. Um, so I want people to be able to see me struggling. Um, I want to be vulnerable. I want to be transparent so that when I struggle and when God provides, the glory that is due to him is given to him. Um, so this is where I got victory this week. Um, I was praying through these things Sunday after church. I spent most of Sunday afternoon in spiritual warfare, most of um, Monday morning in spiritual warfare, just trying to take hold of this um, financial battle that I was in. And um, resources that I really needed to fall in place Monday didn't fall in place. And normally, the control side of me would have jumped to, you know, calling people, trying to figure it out on my own, trying to figure out the next step on my own. But um, the Lord reminded me that he was my provider, and so I immediately went um, to my knees in prayer. And um, so um, in that prayer time, he showed me Malachi 3.10, which is about tithing. And I'm a tither, and sometimes when battles come up, I will remind God of that. I'm like, God, I tithe, so this is your problem, not mine. <laughs> um, but it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see that I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that you will not have room enough for them. So as I continued to pray, like, I kind of started to feel at peace about it. I wasn't worried about it. I went about some of the things that I needed to do Monday evening. And then my phone dinged that I had an email. So I opened it up, and I read it. And it was, a, like, an e-bill reminder. And it showed that I had a $226 credit. <laughs> so immediately, I go, oh, my gosh, where did this come from? Why is there a credit there? There shouldn't be a credit there. I don't know about anything coming through. So I opened the bill to view it, and um, an energy assistant credit that I didn't know was coming to me had applied this month. And on top of that, it had been a year. I'd been paying my bill on time for a year. And so the deposit that I had made last year when I opened my energy account had recredited back onto my bill. 
So with this being said, my energy is covered through the rest of the year. It's enough money to cover my bills until December. <laughs> on top of that, so like I'm floating on cloud nine, I'm calling mom and sending Eric texts and all excited. On top of that, Tuesday, I had to go to Richmond to pick up my daughter's um, 4-H auction check. And I will be honest, when we had gone through the auction, I was a little bit bitter. I had sat there and watched 4-H'er after 4-H'er go through the, for the auction and um, had gotten you know, a fair amount or whatever. And then Mackenzie comes through, and she, her bid was significantly less than what a lot of the other 4-H'ers were. And it didn't matter to her. She was just excited. But as a mom and seeing all the hard work she had put into it, I immediately went to a place of bitterness. Um, and as I drove to Richmond to pick up the check, I was still kind of like feuding with that. And um, I opened her check Tuesday at the office, and it was $200 more than what we were expecting. After the auction had closed, a couple more buyers had come forward and added to her bid. And it had made it exactly what every other kid was getting. So, like, even in that, even in those dark places where, you know, I hadn't even realized that I was, had gone there, God had provided. And the blessing didn't just stop with me. It has overflowed into my kids' lives as well. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Awesome. So let's identify something here now. So what, at the beginning, was she struggling with? What was taunting her? Fear. fear. So a spirit of fear was coming and seducing her mind, seducing the character of God that he's not there for you, all that kind of stuff, right? What later in the week was seducing her? What was trying to taunt her? What bitterness came in? You see how these are all the works of the enemy, and how we got to capture those thoughts, and we must bring them into obedience to Christ. Every one of us have went through that kind of walk right there, haven't we? Why is somebody else getting something that, I didn't, that I'm not getting? Why are they getting blessed, or, and I'm not? And, 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 and those are the thoughts that you got to stop. you got to capture them in your, in your tracks, and you have to bring them and make them obedient to Christ. And look what God did. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God good? Yeah. Amen. Everybody welcome Mike Brown to the floor. Check, check. Well, this is going to be uh, a little harder than what I thought. I did. <laughs> you know, it's easy to um, say you're transparent and then be transparent <clears throat> and uh, then to uh, start telling people more <laughs> and get transparent more. Let me pull this up. Um, one of the things that I've I've realized, not just this past week, but over... The uh, past several weeks or months is I'm a very selfish person. And that starts in the mind as well. 
Now, I don't know which. God's not revealed to me if pride is the root of selfishness or selfishness is the root of pride. Neither one is good. And then entitlement comes into play. Because uh, when all these things start to work in your life, then your mind starts to race. Just like uh, Ashley was talking about and what Eric started to touch on right here was we start to feel... Like we are entitled to stuff. Now, what started this was uh, a few months ago, as me and my wife were talking, arguing, a little bit of both. The Browns are loud, so we never really yell. It's just loud, period, at our house. <laughs> um, she said... She said, one of your problems is that you always have gotten what you wanted. And it stopped me because she was right. Mike Brown, for the most part, has always gotten what he's wanted. So selfishness has worked for me. See, we look at selfishness as being... You know, I want what somebody else has. I want, I need, I want, I need. A microphone. I'm entitled. And, and see, sometimes those selfish people, most selfish people don't get what they want. But see, for me, selfishness has worked. Because it motivated me to go do and just get whatever I wanted or get my way. So, as Brian starts talking about his message and, you know, Eric goes on, um, I have erased my stuff, I think. Um, anyway, so I start to fight this battle in my mind, and I, I, I've talked to my wife a little bit. I sent Eric a text, and I'm like, man, I'm just I'm overwhelmed tired, I'm frustrated, and I've been reading a lot in Ecclesiastes, and uh, I would suggest if you're um, a young Christian, don't read this book, but if you've been in, the, been in it for a while, read it. It can be very depressing, but man, there is so much truth. So... Part one, what pressure are you feeling? There, there are a lot of things as people and as myself, since we're looking at me, that, that I am good at. The problem with that is when we become good, we don't trust. And because I'm good at some things and I can make some things happen, I don't trust my daddy. 
because I can do it. I, yeah, I need you, but I'm good at this, so I really don't need you. I'll just say that I need you. So the darkness was the hardening of my heart and not totally trusting Daddy. Because I am, an, I am, I've been doing things for the wrong reasons. That's what we need to start asking ourselves. Why are we really motivated? Why are we doing what we are doing? Is it really because we love the Lord? Or is it because we know that we're going to get something out of it? The spirits were selfishness, pride, and entitlement. Man, this is So, where was I in the darkness? One of the things I told the Lord and I told Eric, I told my wife, this is what I wrote down. I'm tired doing a lot of work and responsibilities. And others reaping the benefit. There is no truth in that. There, there's a little bit. Get my heart motive behind that. We, we should be doing things because we want to help people and we want others to benefit and reap a good harvest. But bitterness starts to come in and say, well, I'm, and you start taking note. I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and I do this for you, and I do this for you, and I do that for you, and I do that for you. And you get all the benefit while I have all the responsibility. So there is some darkness. But then, as I'm even talking to the Lord about this, some of the things that I do myself. You know, you get in the middle of something, you're like, come on, God, just help me. Throw me a bone or come on. And he so gently said, but Mike, I, I didn't ask you to get involved in this. I didn't ask you to do this. Did he still help? Yes. But then it's those soft voice. Well, why are you mad at me? You wanted it, so you went for it. And now you're mad at your dad. So, being a lifelong learner, what scriptures did you use? Well, I've, I've used several. How many of you have, and Ecclesiastes has got a bunch of them, but how many of you have ever thought and said, man, two years ago it was so much better, or back when I was 18 or 19 it was so much better, or man, the good old days. Well, Ecclesiastes, and I believe it's uh, chapter 7, talks about, and, and Solomon says, don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Some versions add in there, for who knows if today is not a better day than the good old days. And so God starts taking me back and reminding me of the things that I've asked for and, and rewards that are in the Word says, uh, one of the verses, and I don't know the address, but God, Jesus says, I came to give you life that you may have it more abundantly. Now, a lot of 
prosperity preachers preach this and we tie it to money. Well, that's not what an abundant life is. If you have a lot of choices, you have an abundant life. I have a lot of things to choose from. And you guys have a lot of things to choose from. That's an abundant life. I had to be reminded of the people who would trade places with me. And the ones who have it, I don't have it bad. There are those who have a really rough life. There's also a scripture that says when temptation comes, he will always provide a way out. See, we often talk about he'll help me when I'm tempted, but that verse, and I should have looked it up and I didn't, it actually says, I will provide a way of escape every time. So just when you get in something, if you will calm down and slow down and say, all right, God, where's my escape? But again, it's with the mind. You really have to realize that the people you're around is not who's making you mad. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not who's working with you. It's not whoever. It's really the adversary that's coming against you, and you have to put your mind in check. All right, show me, Lord, what am I really battling? Um, I have to slow down and look for the way out. Be still and know that I am God. We are not still. And I realized even this week while I'm trying to lay down and go to sleep, I know our spirit man never sleeps, but I could not get my mind to stop. And I had to lay there and say, be still and know where I am God. Know that I am God. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9.9. I seemed to want to complain that I was working awful hard, so God showed me this verse. Um, enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this meaningless life. Meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days. Now this is what got me. For this is your lot in life. And your well, that's not the version I had. This says your toilsome labor under the sun. <laughs> Some versions say this is your reward for all your hard work. See, I'm getting to experience and enjoy my reward right now. I'm not having to wait. So, where else did I get some victory at? So, as I'm getting ready to turn this back over, my victory came because all week in the evening I got to go to Victory Lane Camp. I have a healthy wife. And for the most part, a pretty healthy relationship. And I have three healthy children. They're not in wheelchairs. They're not walking around not, or not, not being able to take care of themselves. 
We got to be around kids whose some families are falling apart because their children are special needs. But yet my kids can run around as free as they want. Both legs, both hands, they can eat without having it in a tube. And I want to sit and complain. And then I had to think, too, you know, not that, for the most part, and I had to, you know, you take into captivity. All right, God, I I line my thoughts with my spirit. Thank you for blessing me and giving me not just the opportunity to work, be able to do stuff, to make money, but I have friends, I have wife, I have kids, and even at the camp, you know, I'm thinking, I got to go to a camp all week, be around these kids to get a reality check of really where I'm at. I don't have thousands upon thousands of dollars in hospital bills. I don't have to worry about whether or not my wife's going to leave me because they're kids and we can't handle it and it's a big stressful situation. I got to go out there all week. I didn't have to pay. I got to eat meals a day. My kids got to eat meals a day. Got to enjoy my family in the evening. And I had to make myself say, all right, I'm not going out there and just doing my part. And then I'm going to hide in the camper and go to sleep. I had to hang out with my kids and laugh with them and enjoy them. And I got to do all that for Who gets to do all that for free? And my wife did the photography and she got paid. Who does that? Who get that? That is an abundant life. That is an abundant life. And on top of that, I was even getting up like at four and thirty in the morning and not griping about it and waking up and enjoying some more quiet time with the Lord. But that's a big key because when I sent Eric that message, that that message on a text, he said, "Don't forget to spend your alone time with the Lord." Because it really is sweet. And you can take captive your thought. And you can just sit there not even asking for anything. And he'll just start to say the sweetest things. And he will show you what you really have. And then he'll show you where it all lines up in the Word. And then you can just enjoy your spanking. (laughs) And then get the hug and, and the love. So that's... That's it. Amen. Thank you, Mike. So we see in how we need to identify what we're struggling with and how important it is to bring the Word of God to it in order to renew our mind. Amen. Well, the third person, let's welcome Jeff Hughes to the floor. All right, Jeff. All right, um, is this on? I can't even hear myself. Uh, so I'm still just, I'm still, um, I'm trying to put together what God has been doing in my life lately. Um, a couple weeks ago when Brian asked for the area of darkness in our lives, uh, even before he asked that, God had been put on my heart this area of being critical. And I'm critical of people. And... Um, the worst is I'm critical of my wife and my kids. 
And I know you look at my wife and say, how can you be critical of her? <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's, she is amazing. Um, yeah, you're amazing, Michelle. But this area of being critical, the Lord had to humble me. Because I'm not that good. You know what? Is this is hard, Mike. <laughs> you know, I look I've looked at my life and I've shared this with several people. When I just look at my life on face value, I've, I've been pretty successful in, in the terms of the American dream, or I haven't had a whole lot of problems, you know. My parents were wonderful people. They raised me in the church. I mean, every, my life's been pretty smooth. And when you start to think that things are good, you stop forgetting where they come from. And so God had to give me a revelation of what grace was. And it's not, for the longest time, I was thinking grace was, yeah, by, you know, Ephesians 2 says, for by grace you're saved. So yes, his grace saves us, but it's twofold. His grace is what lets us live. His grace is how we're blessed. And so he, he reminded me of faith foundations, you guys have these books? Told me to pull out the grace one and start reading through it. And so I've been reading through this, and <laughs> the Lord used it to humble me. When I was starting to think about how great I was. There's a list of the Ten Commandments in here. And he goes through the Ten Commandments. <laughs> And, you know, the purpose of the Ten Commandments was to show us how short we fall the glory of God. But as he goes through these, he puts them in, in perspective. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. We break this law every time we give something or someone other than God complete first place in our affections. Wow, God humbled me. You shall not make for yourself a graven image. It is impossible for an image or picture of God to truly represent him in all his glory. If we approach God with our lips, but not our hearts, we have a false image of him. And God just knocked me down again. And this one really hit me. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That was drilled into me as a kid, you know. Don't use profanity. Don't use God's name in vain. But if we call him Lord and we disobey him, we are taking his name in vain. If we are filled with fear and doubts, we deny his name. And so God was just showing me, look at what I've saved you from. You are not as good as you think you are. And so he humbled me. And he wanted to show me what grace was and that 
that grace is what I need to extend to others, to my wife when, you know, it's, it's, it's when I have expectations on people that I've not communicated or you're not doing it the way I would do it. You know, and I'm critical of my wife or my kids or, or anybody else. But that I need to extend grace. And so what the Lord was showing me in Acts 17, I believe, it says, in him we move and live and have our being. And it's to live a life out of this place of thankfulness and gratefulness. And, you know, it's, it's so far as whatever I do, I need to stop and thank God. Thank you, Lord, I made it to church this morning. It's your grace that made me get here. Thank you, Lord, that I woke up this morning. It was by your grace that I even woke up. It wasn't my, my being, you know. And he, he reminded me of this revelation he gave me in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. You know, it says, I even saw it this morning up on the, the announcements. Um, 13a, I believe it says, love never fails. When I've read that in the past, I've always um, thought of it as, you know, love doesn't run out. You know, God's love doesn't run out, or my love for someone shouldn't run out. But what he showed me was a different perspective on what it means that love never fails. When I'm approached with a situation where it would be easy to complain or criticize, I should just try to love because love's not going to fail. You know, in this situation, Lord, what should I do? Well, the fallback plan is love because it won't fail. And so what the Lord has shown me is that in those times where I'm, I'm ready to criticize or complain, I need to be slow to speak, quick to listen, and just love. Um, and as far as you know, how did I renew my mind on this? Um, you know, Brian and Joel both shared about, you know, being prepared for the battle before you're in the battle. One of my biggest triggers for being critical was I have an hour drive home from Indianapolis, and so I know when I get home, you know, you're going to share what, how your day was going to be, and a lot of times the kids weren't the best that day, so I'm going to hear that, and that's going to trigger me to want to be critical. And so on my way home, I, I turn off the radio, and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, I know what's coming. And so now I'm going to prepare for it. I'm going to prepare my heart and posture my heart that when I get home, I'm not going to be critical. I'm just going to love you know, and it's, you know, Eric shared this some time ago, but preparing from a position of strength, when you know you have a weakness, identifying what triggers that weakness, and when you're not in that battle, ready yourself, so that when you're in the battle, you can pass and love.
Amen. Well, one of the reasons that I let Jeff go last, and we will finish up here. As I was sh- talking with Jeff this week, the Lord used him to make me realize why I, was, I had done what I had done on Thursday and why I had gotten angry. And when Jeff shared about being critical, that was why I had blown up at one of my children, because I was being critical. And they weren't performing to the standard that I wanted. And the enforcer came out of me. Anybody ever been there? And I asked my wife even this morning as we were coming to church, what if I would have just said, why do you think that's right that you've just done that? What's going on in your heart? And if I would have responded in love rather than anger, I would have won my battle of bringing every thought into captivity. Amen? And so here's where I want to challenge us all as we move through this week. The Lord had me go over this again this week because really, guys, it really does require us to slow our life down. It requires us to meditate. It requires us to seek the Lord and say, God, what is going on in the inside of me? And one thing, if you'll notice about all the things of the four people that shared with me in the conflict with my child, with Mike, with Ashley, with all of it, everything got brought to the surface through a conflict. Ashley's conflict was, I can't see how I'm going to pay the bill. There is a conflict in the situation. I had a conflict with my, my, one of my children. <laughs> Mike was in conflict with what was going on. There was a conflict inside of him going on. There was a conflict that was going on inside of Jeff. Don't run from your conflicts. The conflict is what comes to this. Remember what James chapter 1 says. Count it all joy, brethren, when you undergo trials of many kinds, because the trial is there. It's there to show you what needs some oil. (laughs) It's there to show you what needs to be addressed inside your heart. And so I've been asking the Lord through my trial on Thursday, God, show me what's in my heart. Enlarge my faith in that area. And so I just pray that this week, I believe you're going to have conflict. Woohoo! Everybody party with me, right? Can I have an amen? Yeah, party. It's going to be conflict. There's going to be a conflict, but the conflict's going to show you where you're in darkness in your thinking. And then you can go through what we just talked about, taking it through these four things that we've talked about and bringing the word of God there to renew your mind, to renew your thinking so that you can be changed. Anybody in for that? Anybody in for that? So we're going to do something about it. When the conflict comes, we're going to actually allow the Lord and we're going to capture those thoughts, bring them into captivity and the obedience of Christ. And we're going to renew our minds through the washing of the word. We're on a journey here, guys, and there's a seriousness to this hour. Here's what I believe God's doing. He's trying to prepare an army. He's trying to prepare a people who's going to be ready for the end times that aren't a bunch of weak wimps that are still sucking on baby bottles. And we've got to renew our mind. We've got to get our mind conformed to the mind of Christ. We've got to hear God's voice, get really, really good at hearing God's voice. Can I have an amen on that? Stand up with me, if you will. Will you guys thank everybody for sharing their testimony? That was good, wasn't it? Amen. 
feel free to email me or text me or anything if you have something you're going through. I, I love to hear the good news, and I love to hear what God's doing in people's hearts. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today's service. We thank you, God, as we've gathered together as the body of Christ. Father, we see that you're working on our minds. You're trying to get our minds conformed to your mind. And so, Lord, we just submit ourselves to you this week. Lord, bring, bring the conflict, bring the situations. Lord, let us see what you're trying to show us. Let us see, God, that we're not wrestling against people, flesh and blood, but, God, we are truly warring against principalities and powers, and we are going to win the battle. We're going to win the fight through you. So, Lord, be with us this week, and Lord God, just continue to mature us as we love you and as we draw closer to you. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. And, Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Two things before you leave. If you need prayer, altar team is going to be up here. If you need prayer in a certain area of your life, it's going to be there. Today at 4 o'clock, here at the church, if it's not raining, there, somebody was convicted to burn some stuff as we've been talking about the ear gate, the eye gate, and the, the, the mouth gate. Uh, we're going to burn some CDs, secular CDs, and we're going to have a sacrifice, an offering to the Lord at 4 o'clock today out here. If there's something that you've been giving yourself to, you can hide it in a bag. I don't care what it is. Maybe it's, it could be, I know somebody years ago destroyed some of their romance novels and because it was producing something inside of them that wasn't good, and they burnt them before the Lord. But if you want to burn something before the Lord, you're wanting to give a burnt offering to the Lord today at 4 o'clock, we're going to have a time out here. If it's not raining, we're going to put some gas on it too, make sure it burns. And uh, we're going to burn anything that you have that's been polluting your eye gate, ear gate, or mouth gate. And you want to bring it here, bring it here. You can put it in a bag and we'll throw it in there. We don't have to know what it is. So that is going to on today at 4. God bless you and have a great day.